So basically we just spent 90 minutes watching a greaser wiggling his wheelie at unsuspecting women. Metaphorically. <laughs> I was going to say, were we watching different films? <laughs> What's up, revelers and weirdos? I'm James. And I'm Sam. And this is Scaring Sam, where sometimes I terrify my fiance by watching horror movies and sometimes she rolls her eyes. This is one of those occasions. Yes, and there's been lots of those occasions recently. That is because we're still in the midst of slashy summer nights. Sorry about that, people. We have to commit to the trash. <laughs> and this is trashy. Yes, this week we are discussing 1987's Slumber Party Massacre 2. Two, not one, two. Yes, I think they can count, Sam. But why didn't we watch number one, James? This is what I don't understand. <laughs> because from what I know, the first one is just a mediocre slasher with some crazy serial killer who escapes from an asylum and kills a bunch of unsuspecting teenagers, quotation marks, at a slumber party with his drill. We get more. We get so much more with this second one. Oh, yes. By more, you mean just random stuff that doesn't really do anything but make you think, what am I watching? Okay, yes. First off, there's no plot. Yes. There's no plot in this Literally film. Literally nothing. You're just kind of swimming along, not knowing... Swimming? Yeah. Just... But there's a pole with a blub dough. I'm just using it as a way to explain that there is no A to B. Let me try to round up the plot, unless you want to do it. You've got Courtney, who is supposedly the younger sister of the main character in the first film, who has now been confined to a mental hospital. And Courtney, she doesn't want to visit a mental hospital. She even bursts out into tears when her mum suggests it on her birthday. On her birthday. Oh, come on. She wants to go to her friend's condo. Okay, so I did actually enjoy that there was a girl band. And, Great. of course, they invite boys over. And here's a weird thing. Throughout the film, Courtney is having these very erotic dreams of her crush, Matt. Is it Matt? Mm -hmm. He's always topless, playing American football. A lot more man flesh than I'm comfortable watching. I mean, they try to turn the genre on its head as much as they can, I guess. A lot of topless Matt, even a point where she calls him up and for some reason his room is lit like a porno. <laughs> and he's like, I think he's just got a bed sheet covering his man bits and he's got his legs spread open, he's man spreading. I don't even think it was that. He was just in some boxes. That's, that was it. But his legs are spread wide open while he's lying there in bed. Yeah. Because I guess that's comfortable. I mean, it's not my position to go to. I usually sit like that in public. I wear clothes. <laughs> and then she dreams about him, but every time she gets ahem, excited, she then dreams of the driller killer. Yeah, and I want to come back to that at some point. Yes, of course. We're going to talk a lot about yes. the driller killer. No, I mean oh, her dreams. dreams. Okay. Yeah. When she attempts to go 
all the way with Matt. Somehow she brings the driller killer to life. She manifests him into reality and then he just goes and kills all her friends. That's the plot. That is it. That's a plot. I know. That's That's literally it. I'd like to point out that when we first started watching this, I thought you'd selected the wrong film. (laughs) Because the opening is kind of like... Well, actually, you said it started like a porno. And I was like, no, it's it's starting like a romantic drama. Like the music and the visuals, it was all like softly lit and everyone was fully clothed. There's a medium, Sam, and the medium is Red Shoe Diaries. Right. Yeah, so it started like that and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the title comes in and it's sliced down the middle. We've had all this nice, flowy, gentle music and... Oh, and the camera's panning over Courtney's body as she sleeps but every time she dreams she starts having grisly visions of drills sticking into flesh I mean Freud would have a field day analysing her dreams yeah so just touching on that so in her dreams obviously there's a sexual part and then there's the violent part now apparently (laughs) Violence or aggression and our sexual side are both controlled by neurons in the same part of the brain. Both bringing thrill and suspense, this could be why Courtney's dreams are going to and from the sexual and the violent. Okay. I mean, I would say it's sexual to sexual. Drills. Sticking in flesh. Right, killing people. Yes, but sharp pulsating implements. And blood going, going everywhere. in and out, in and out. Yeah, but it's not just going in and out though, James, is it? It's pounding flesh. Watching people being murdered. Well, you know, you know, these slasher films, it's always phallic, is it? The killer never uses a gun. He uses sharp, pointy tools to stick it into his victims, who are usually women, into their milky flesh, because that is how they get pleasure. No, I don't want to drink, thank you. Am I making you thirsty? Oh, yes. What Freud would say, it was always psychosexual, although he had a weird thing, he had a hang-up about his mum, so we we shouldn't really talk about Freud too much. That's how I look into it. You got any more about the dreams? No, that that was it. So, there's a neuron in the brain which is both sexual and violent. Yeah. So, okay, we want to fuck and beat up people. Right, I have some background information for you. All three films in the trilogy were written and directed by women. Wait, there's a third one as well? Yeah. <sighs> okay. That's almost unheard of. So, of course, these movies have gained a name for themselves for having a feminist spin on the slasher movie. Do you grieve this? Because I don't. They're just typical slashers, aren't they? Well, I've only seen one out of three, and this one's weird. (laughs) 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 
I have nothing else to add. <laughs> exactly. Just because women wrote and directed a horror movie, we're instantly predisposed to believe it's a feminist take on the genre? Why? Because it's made by someone who doesn't have a dick between their legs? Why can't a woman make a horror movie simply for the love of it? Why does there have to be an agenda in the eyes of the critics? But yeah, that is in the eyes of the critics though, isn't it? It's not, oh, I'm a female director. Did you say directed? Written and directed. Oh. Well, they wouldn't go out of their way just to write a slasher because, oh, well, not many female writers and directors have done this, so I must do one just to be out there. That's my point. It's the critics who decide that, oh, just because women are behind the camera doing a horror movie, it must have a feminist agenda to it. No, maybe they just enjoy it. Exactly. That is my point. You don't have critics saying when a man directs an action film, oh, it's a masculine spin on the genre, do you? They just accept it's an action film. Mm. So I find that kind of patronising every time they say that. Oh, it's a feminist spin on the slasher genre because a woman wrote and directed it. No, it can just be a slasher film written and directed by a woman. Yeah, and also anyone could have a feminist spin on something. Yeah, and there's nothing in this story that suggests anything that it's feminist. All slasher films, pretty much the main character is a woman. That's nothing revolutionary. Mm. that's the blueprint of these films also these films were produced by Roger Corman the legendary filmmaker who made movies fast, cheap and profitable and he has mentored numerous young directors you may have heard of Ron Howard, Martin Scorsese, Francis Ford Coppola Joe Dante, James Cameron And as a producer, Coleman gave these directors creative freedom on their work as long as there was ample amount of violence or nudity to make a good trailer with. Because he wanted to make a profit, and he usually did. And if you look at his filmography, I think during the 60s and 70s, before he retired from directing, he churned out film after film after film. Whereas others spend many a year (laughs) on one. (laughs) Like James Cameron, how many years has he spent working on his Avatar sequels? Hmm. I have no desire to see him. I saw Avatar, what, 2009. Do I want to see a sequel decades later? I'm seeing it. Why? Because I liked Avatar. Have we watched it together? I've never heard you go, let's watch Avatar tonight. I have it on DVD and I went to cinema to watch it. I also... The first film I saw in 3D... I think it was everyone's first film they saw in 3D. (laughs) And I think it was one of the only films which actually looked good in 3D. Hmm. Unfortunately, it started that new 3D craze where a lot of trashy films had really shitty 3D in them. Oh, it's a Clash of the Titans remake. Oh, a spear came at me. Getting back to that feminist spin on the slasher genre, there is an actual slow motion topless pillow fight. Yes, and in my notes, I have put, for fuck's sake, the girls are getting topless, having a 
bloody pillow fight, <laughs> feathers going everywhere. How cliche is this? So women don't do this when they have a slumber party. I have been to, in my youth, <laughs> lots of sleepovers. And yes, there have been some dancing. And of course, there's been some alcohol and some being ridiculously stupid. But never have I ever, oh yeah, we've played that too, played a pillow fight or got topless. <laughs> or sprayed champagne over each other's bodies. Yeah, come on. That's too much mess to clean up. Because that screams feminism, doesn't it, critics? Yeah, okay. Oh, and at the same time, you've got two teenage boys, quotation marks, all these people are in their 20s, peeping on them. And one of them, what's his name? TJ is one of the most irritating shits you've ever seen in a film. That's the goofy, yeah, laughy. the goofy Ooh. one. <laughs> yeah. he, he sounds like Beavers and Butthead. <laughs> He's having sex with the token slut. What's her name? Sheila. And you hear him moaning and groaning in the other room because Courtney's trying to get asleep, and he just it's not even moaning and groaning though. It's like. <laughs> 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 I mean, we all grunt, but we don't chuckle when we're orgasming. He literally has this cliche Californian accent, like a surfer dude. You gotta have some fun, you gotta loosen up. <laughs> this is the day after, by the pool, and Courtney's burger briefly turns into a bloody severed hand in a bun. Then Courtney is attacked by a reanimated chicken. <laughs> I mean, if that doesn't convert you into a vegan, I don't know what will. <laughs> I'm glad you said that, I was going to say. <laughs> oh, they're, they're talking about all this feminist stuff, and yet they're not talking about, oh, it's like a film to make you go vegan. <laughs> I don't think veganism existed in the 80s. No, but you know what I mean, like... <laughs> Her bath is filled with blood and then she runs and gets her friend Sally to investigate and then Sally's zit because her whole character art of this Sally is, oh, I'm, my skin is coming out, I'm getting all these zits. Every conversation she has, it's all about that. So, of course, Sally's massive zit literally... Kind of like her face morphs, doesn't it? The side of her face where the spot is and then it's just like oozing out and then it, green it, pus everywhere it erupts all over Courtney's face <laughs> she tells everyone oh Courtney's dead her zit exploded or something and this is when Matt turns up at the condo unannounced he's just there in the scene he's just downstairs and of course people start thinking Courtney's a bit crazy mm. and then the trash compactor starts making a gurgling grinding noise so they think Courtney's in there because she's disappeared <laughs> With no evidence whatsoever. No evidence whatsoever. So they call the cops and they reprimand the teenagers. Don't you call pranks on us or... Uh, we won't come when there's a real danger. Thanks for pointing that out for future reference. Matt doesn't care if Courtney might be, you know, a little unhinged. Hasn't got all her faculties in place. Lost some of her marbles. He's that desperate to get laid... He even brings a birthday cake to the bedroom. 
What's wrong with that? Cake in the bed? Yeah. Foreplay. You bring a cake first. You bring something sweet. Yeah, sugar. Give me cake. I want cake now. We've been good. We need wedding bodies. So, yeah, so I guess that's universal because the tactic works. But Courtney doesn't have time to blow the candles out before she's blowing something else. This is in my notes. (laughs) It's a joke. It's a joke. Before they can go all the way. And this is when... This has been preordained because Courtney has a vision or a dream of her insane old sister Valerie and she warns her... Don't go all the way. Yeah, actually, that's another point because she has several of these visions. And her first one was the dead pigeon, wasn't it? So she had, like, flash-forwards or whatever you want to call them. And then she found a dead pigeon on the path. Was that pigeon drilled as well? Because it looked like it had, like, a bloody drill hole. Maybe. I don't know. It was a dead pigeon, by the way. So... It was real, okay? They got out of the freezer. It was a frozen dead pigeon. What? Yeah, it's a dead pigeon. It's a real dead pigeon. Ugh. Yeah, they didn't drill it, but it was a frozen dead pigeon. They just, you know... Why? I guess you have, like... I don't know. It's like when you cut open a frog in biology. I guess they have dead I pigeons. I never did that. Yeah, I think it's just America, right? We had Bunsen burners. Yes. I think it's the extent we had. Right. Okay. But yeah, so she can see the future? They don't explain it because the first vision (laughs) is in the opening title of the film. Yeah. And the irony is, before they can go all the way, Matt is the one who's drilled first. Yeah, right in the chest. Okay, this movie is trash, for sure. Could have even been forgettable, if not for one exception. Slumber Party Massacre 2's Saving Grace, the driller killer... Himself. Lever fringe and all. Is that what they're called on the jacket? Yeah, it's fringing. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. The tassels. I just thought it's called tassels. I didn't know it's called fringe. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it's called. Nothing it is. <laughs> it is. Okay. Uh, Played by, how do you pronounce this? Atanas Eilich. The driller killer in this sequel isn't a sexually repressed serial killer. But a chain-smoking rockabilly greaser with a cherry red electric guitar that has a drill bit attached to the end of it. Oh yeah. He looks like Danny from Greece if he made poor life choices. (laughs) He is Evil Fonzie. (laughs) This guy has White Snake constantly playing in his head at all times. Where does he come from? What is his motives? Who knows? He just comes out of Courtney's dreams. Literally, he is from her head. And he says stuff like, rock and roll never dies. He does guitar solos on top of condos. <laughs> I mean, how can the guitar play? It's got a draw on the end of it. <laughs> I have actually put here in my notes, it's part music video and part just random and maybe some killing in there. It's just a mishmash. Of crap. And he's just dancing around it. <laughs> but it is entertaining when he is on screen. Yes, but for what reason though? I don't know, but it's memorable, okay? 
And if we can accept phallic symbolism is rife in slashes, with the killer's blade, chainsaw, pitchfork, you name it, they've got it. Whatever they use to penetrate their victim's milky flesh, if we can accept this truth, okay Sam, then the driller killer has the biggest implement I've seen in a slasher. What is he overcompensating for? <laughs> really? The way he moves? The way he grooves? How he gyrates his hips and thrusts his groin when he breaks out a guitar solo or a musical number? The driller killer is the living embodiment of big dick energy. Hmm. He's not overcompensating for anything, okay Sam? Unbelievable. He's a demonic cock wrapped in leather haunting Courtney's dreams when she gets excited before breaking out into reality when she attempts to go all the way with Matt. I mean, come on. We don't so need... So he's a cock blocker as well then? No, we just don't need a degree in psychology to know what he's meant to represent, okay? Or do we? No, 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 we don't. He is the embodiment of her horniness. That's what he is. Look at the drill on that guitar. I mean, look at it. That's like a big throbbing cock in his hand. Big and cherry red and pulsating with energy. Look at your face. I can't look at my face. It's on my face. This is my theory, okay? Courtney's unconsciously afraid of being drilled by a man and the driller killer is the manifestation of her fear. If this movie had any substance. But there's no subtext to be found here, ladies and gentlemen. Don't waste any mental energy reading into any of this. Have you been so turned on you manifested an evil greaser? I can't say I have. Oh, so that's not something women can do then? No, hence why I keep giving you a funny look. <laughs> yeah, this guy, Eilich, is having so much fun playing the driller killer. There's a moment where he looks straight at camera, he breaks the fourth wall and goes, now it's time for the fun part, and breaks out into an all-singing, all-dancing musical number before killing another victim. That doesn't happen in your typical slasher movie. We have descended into trashy musical horror territory now. At some point, someone made the conscious decision that a break-dancing killer was the way to go. I just wish we saw more of the Driller Killer on screen, because the movie becomes a paint-by-numbers bore when he's absent. I do agree with you there, yes. I just, I don't know what to say about this film, because I don't know, no. Apparently it has a cult following. Well, didn't I read something about um, that some people thought it was something to do with her not wanting men? Oh, didn't you say it was like from the female gaze or something? Yeah. number of times in the film, there's these scenes where it's shot from like a point of view perspective of, of her, where mm. characters are literally talking to the to camera. To the camera, yeah. Oh, it's weird. It's off-putting. There's a part when they're driving to the condo and she's looking at these women and it's meant to represent she's sexualising these women and stuff like that. Mm. But no, no, there's no... There's no subtext here, okay? Someone just decided, hey, we're going to have a lot of shots of you talking to the camera as if you're talking to her. It didn't work. None it's of it often. worked. <laughs> hey, 
The driller killer worked, okay. <laughs> okay. The one exception. So yeah, that's that's essentially the film. At the end, you got Courtney, of course, she's the final girl. <laughs> For a split second, there is literally no lead up. She just decides in the sparing moment that Oh no wait, I'm actually gonna fight back now. Oh, I've set him alight and it's done. Yeah, she becomes battle hardened in a flash. Yeah. Literally a millisecond. Her and some other girl, I guess the thing her name's Amy, they're getting chased through numerous buildings that are still getting built on this mm-hmm. street, whatever. Amy falls off the side. Yeah, she's dead. And it's just her, Courtney, and the driller killer. I've been screaming this whole time. Okay, I'm going to confront you now. And then when she sets him alight, though, she's like evil laughing. Did yeah, you like, notice that? Like she's <laughs> also cracked mentally. Yeah. But it does not feel earned at all. This no. isn't Laurie Strobe naturally turning from victim into a fighter. Since in the end of the film was night, the writer and director rushed this character development, mm-hmm. r- wrapping things up just in time for one scene, revealing Courtney was locked away inside a mental asylum all this time or after experiencing this traumatic ordeal. Don't know. Don't care. Don't care. Everybody loves a cliche. Women fall over while being chased? Yes. Yes. Car never starts. At yes. first. Yes. And also, <laughs> car's not locked. So the doors are open. The windows are open. Oh, oh, when it eventually does start. Oh, who's in the back seat? Oh, never would have guessed. There you go. It's the killer. Should we add that to the list? Killer in the back seat. Yeah. Didn't suspect that when everyone got into the front of the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they do. The gang split up. Yep. Yep. The power walking killer. He's got a power drill. Is he power walking? He does this weird little dance. Well, yeah, he yeah, and he just appears again, like he just kind of appears in random places, like I guess he's meant to be supernatural. Yeah. Uh yeah, uh, Guess the invincible killer. I mean, no one attempts to actually hurt him until we set a light. Mm-hmm. Final girl, that's Courtney. Mm-hmm. We got the slut, the jock, the nerd, the virgin again. Yep. The police arrive too late. They don't bother. They think yep. it's a prank. <laughs> Sex is a death sentence. For Matt, it was. No, yep. well, no, he didn't even get his end wet. He just died. Yeah, well, I still think that counts. <laughs> having, having a wet dream about someone is a death sentence in this film. So is drugs? Did anyone smoke drugs? Just booze, wasn't it? No, I don't think so, yeah. Someone hides upstairs? Yes. Yes. Yes, Yes. I did. Amy and Courtney were hiding upstairs. Investigating in the dark? No. No. There was, no, there was always some kind of lighting, actually. So, yeah, definitely more cliches in this film. And they didn't help it. No, no, it did not. So that was another instalment of our slashy summer nights. I think in it's waning on our self-esteem now. It's taken a toll on us. Yes. <laughs> My brain does not want to share any more time <laughs> on this film. If If you just want to watch it just for having a laugh 
at this rock and roll killer dancer. Okay. You could probably just fast forward all the rest of the crap. Yeah, maybe you could watch this film as a run-up to Rocky Horror Picture Show. That could work, I guess. It's Slashy Summer Nights. I made the decision to watch these films all summer and we are going to keep on taking the piss out of them if they are this level of quality. But it's a nice little break for Sam because I'm going to scare the shit out of her. Do you know what? I'm actually looking forward to watching something scary. I know in the moment I will absolutely hate it, but this is kind of annoying me. (laughs) There you go then. You've got spooky season to look forward to. You're becoming a horror fan. Yay! But I'm not a fan of these kind of films. They just annoy me. Anyway, I've been James. And as always, I've been Sam. And this is Scaring Sam. You can find us at Instagram and Twitter at Scaring Sam Pod. There's like a little question mark. Scaring Sam Pod? And you can contact us at scaringsampod at gmail.com. And please rate and review us on Apple Music. It's always appreciated. Stay safe out there tonight. tonight. Do your ball chest drop? <laughs> no, they dropped ages ago. I'm still waiting.